It's time for Shattered Soulstone. Featuring the latest news from Sanctuary and beyond. Each episode, a heroic party of Nephilim band together to help keep you informed on everything in the Diablo universe. And now, your Diablo Community Podcast. You from somewhere in Sanctuary, this is episode 412 of Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo Community Podcast. This episode is called Give Em the Chairs. It is May 26th, 2023, and this is Jen. I'm going to start off with some stuff from Microsoft. No, it's not about another uh, regulatory body giving them more permission to acquire Activision Blizzard King. This is other stuff that they're doing that's also really good. There's an article they posted titled Global Accessibility Awareness Day, Accessibility at the Heart of Innovation, and this was posted on May 18. I think I missed it last show. So here it is. And I'll read you just a little bit of this. Um, So they wrote this. Today we celebrate the 12th annual Global Accessibility Awareness Day, which is GAAD. A day to drive awareness, highlight the advancements in accessible technology and the incredible work happening within the community to bridge the disability divide. Last week, uh, the writer of this is Jenny Fleury, Microsoft Chief Accessibility Officer. So that makes sense. So let's see, where did, I, where did I stop? Last week, I had the opportunity to see this in action in Liverpool, UK, where staff at sites across the city had leaned into Microsoft training to level up their knowledge on digital accessibility, leading to a whole new level of conversation with job seekers. Can't wait to see the impact this has on unemployment and underemployment with rates are still as high as 80% around the world. Technology can positively impact the disability divide. Accessibility is a fundamental right, and we are proud to build technology in partnership with people around the world to raise the bar of equity. Accessibility has long historical roots that we build upon, something we explored in this new two-minute video. There's a link. The video is called Accessibility at the Heart of Innovation, with more in stories behind the video, and that's another link. Today also sees the launch of new programs and technologies with technology advancements in AI, office, gaming, and people, with new skilling and nonprofit partnerships to accelerate knowledge and use of accessibility around the world, highlighted with a few of these below. The first one is the Disability Answer Desk expands with GPT-4. Why? 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 Have a human do this, please. <laughs> <You know? laughs> okay, so here's what they're trying to do with that. Um, over the past few months, the world has been captivated by the promise of generative AI. Yeah, not, not too sure about that. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of us are like, oh, God, it's a bot. You know what I mean? <laughs> but anyway... Accessibility is important to deliver inclusive products and is a key part of the responsible AI principles. Oh, those exist? Okay. Uh, Responsible AI is accessible AI. To keep accessibility at the heart of generative AI, we have three grounding principles. AI should be accessible, representative of people with disabilities, and innovate to open doors. Great to see examples of where generative AI can change paradigms for disabled people, starting with Be My Eyes, which is three words squished together with capitalization on each. 
Microsoft has a long-standing partnership with Be My Eyes, a smartphone app for blind and low-vision users. Be My Eyes has expanded its capabilities with the support of OpenAI, including Virtual Volunteer, there's a link to that, that can provide 500 million of its users with detailed AI-generated descriptions of the world without needing a sighted person. Since we began our partnership with Disability Answer Desk and Be My Eyes in 2017, customers have told us that calling DAD, dad, I guess, uh, via Be My Eyes resolves issues quickly, resolved 95% of the time with great results, customer satisfaction, rating of 4.5 out of 5. Now we are taking customer support to the next level by announcing a new pilot program to add GPT-4 powered functionality to dad. Our hope to, to delight our customers with faster service, independent resolution, and learning learnings on the power of Gen-AI for customers with disabilities. Together with Hilton, P&G, Sony, and the National Federation of the Blind, honored to learn together. GPT-4 is one of those chatbot things, I think, if I'm right about that. It's something like that. And I imagine it might be pretty good... Uh, if you were using a computer and you needed something to describe to you what was on your screen, especially if it's an image of something that no one has written out a description for on its own, like you see people do with artwork and other things, photos, you know, that kind of thing. But I personally don't think these GPT chat things are, like, quite ready for telling a person with low vision or with without uh, the ability to see what the thing in front of them is you know i'm kind of concerned <laughs> that this is where microsoft is going with this like hire people okay hire people um but you know whatever um they're also doing some they're enterprise customers so that means corporations and possibly people who have um their whole thing is about helping people who have different disabilities it might be them too uh, they want, okay, we asked how we can better serve IT administrators to create more inclusive workplaces. Based on their feedback, we're proud to announce just all of these things that they're, they're doing with that. Gaming for everyone. Gaming is a huge field in accessibility and proud that Microsoft Gaming continues to drive innovation through accessible gaming for over 427 million gamers with disabilities. Today they announced that 18,000 Xbox ambassadors have collectively completed over 1 million accessibility explorer path missions like It's Miley Girl, a fierce Fierce, sorry, advocate for accessibility after learning about features available and why they are important to users with disabilities. There's some things you can check out with that that are linked. Empowering disabled talent. People are at the heart of the work in accessibility, but you just hired JP, the, the chatbot, right? Okay. Uh, empowering and upskilling the employment pipeline is a key part of our work to tackle the disability divide. Over the past two years, over 1.5 million have taken the Microsoft Accessibility Fundamentals training, including 26K job coaches in the UK, like those in Liverpool last week. Today, in partnership with LinkedIn, proud to launch new tools and trainings to pave a more accessible pipeline for talent, whether you're a person with a disability, manager, or ally. And then there's some things in here. One of them is specifically blind slash low vision access on LinkedIn. 
Um, there's other LinkedIn stuff in there as well. Uh, accelerating through partnership, and this is who they're partnering with, a bunch of people. And so that's what they're doing now. I always am on the side of, yeah, do more accessibility stuff, but not when it's a chatbot. You know, I just feel like that's going to really screw things up. And, you know, if you are a sighted person that interacts with one of these chatbots to have it tell you something or have, you know, maybe maybe they're doing, you know, phones like here. I think this thing is here. Can you tell me what it says? You know, out in the world, if you're if you have no vision or very low vision, I have concerns that GPT, you know, for chatbot thing is not necessarily going to give you the right answer. And I think that could be dangerous. That's just me, you know, thinking about that. But they also have Xbox also has Microsoft Xbox. It's labeled under Xbox Wire, that whole thing. You've probably seen one of those before. Yeah, transparency report. And this one is from May 22, 2023. Xbox releases second transparency report demonstrating the integral role of proactive content moderation. So here goes. With a growing community of more than 3 billion players around the world, continuing to invest in trust and safety is critical to fostering a safe and inclusive online environment. Shielding players from harm is an integral role of the Xbox safety team and the work that we do. Players don't often see or know about all of the content moderation measures working in the background that help make their experience safer and more welcoming. Today we are releasing our second Xbox transparency report, which details the continued efforts to better protect our players and illustrates our safety measures in action. Our multifaceted safety suite includes our proactive and reactive moderation efforts, community standards, parenting and family controls, such as the Xbox Family Settings app, and our continued work with industry partners and regulators. Now, Sean and I don't have kids, so we don't have to worry about, you know, family controls and things like this, but I think it's a good thing to have because perhaps you don't want your five-year-old to start playing Diablo 4, you know, on an Xbox um, kind of thing. It, that might be a problem. I get that. I'm glad it's there. It's not something everyone needs, but I think it's really probably good for parents to kind of check into that, you know. Um, our critical investments in content moderation combine AI and human-powered technologies to catch and filter out content before it reaches and impacts players. We use a range of measures that give us the scale, speed, and breadth to keep up with the growing interactions and activities of our players. As noted in the transparency report, 80% of total enforcements this period were through our proactive moderation efforts. The data articulates the impact of this approach. As the needs of players continue to evolve, so do our tools. The safety of our players is a top priority. And to advance safe online experiences, we will continue to invest in innovation, work in close collaboration with industry partners and regulators, and collect feedback from the community. We look forward to sharing more. And then there's some other details in here. I'll just give you a few of them. One of them is, uh, well, these are the key takeaways from the report, but I'm going to summarize it. Proactive measures are a key driver for safer player experiences. And they're talking about, you know, different things in here. Part of it says, um, Automated tools such as Community Sift work across text, video, and images catching offensive content within milliseconds. In the last year alone, Community Sift accessed 20 billion human interactions on Xbox. Proactive measures also detected and enforced against 100% of account tampering, piracy, phishing, and cheating slash inauthentic accounts. 
Uh, increased focus on inappropriate content. Uh, we understand that the needs of our players are constantly evolving, and we continue to listen to player feedback about what is or is not acceptable on the platform in line with our community standards. During this last period, we increased our definition of vulgar content to include offensive gestures, sexualized content, and crude humor. This type of content is generally viewed as distasteful and inappropriate, detracting from the core gaming experience for many of our players. This policy change in conjunction with improvements to our image classifiers has resulted in a 450% increase in enforcements in vulgar content, with 90.2% being proactively moderated. These enforcements often result in just removing the appropriate inappropriate content, which is reflected in 390% increase in content-only enforcements in this time period. Okay, y'all. Those of you that got hit by this because you were doing things that they consider to be vulgar and sexualized and crude humor. Why are you doing this on Xbox? Why? You know there's kids playing these games sometimes, right? I mean, what the heck are you doing? Anyway, continued emphasis on inauthentic accounts. Um, this is, let's see, uh, our proactive moderation up to 16.5 times from the same period last year allows us to catch negative content and conduct before it reaches players. I think they just said that in the previous part there. Uh, the Xbox safety team issued more than 7.51 million proactive enforcements against inauthentic accounts. I don't know what an inauthentic account is exactly. Uh, representing 74% of the total enforcement of the reporting period inauthentic accounts ah, are typically automated or bot created accounts that create an unlevel playing field and can detract from positive player experiences we continue to invest in and improve our tech so players can have safe positive and inviting experiences and then there's some other stuff going on around the world in different countries and that's pretty much the key parts of that one and i got one more microsoft thing for you and then i'll move on to other things as you may recall xbox made uh like a sort of a partnership deal with Boosteroid, which if I remember correctly is in Ukraine. Yeah, they're in Ukraine. And so here's the announcement for this one from May 22 this year. PC games from Xbox headed to Boosteroid customers June 1st, written by Sarah Bond, corporate vice president of Xbox. We're continuing to deliver on our promise to bring high-quality, immersive PC games from Xbox Game Studios and Bethesda to more people in more ways. Today, we're announcing that Deathloop, Gears 5, Grounded, and Pentiment will be able will be available to play for Boosteroid members beginning June 1st. This is another step to ensure players worldwide have access to great content on their terms. Boosteroid customers in Ukraine, the United Kingdom, countries across the European Union, and the United States will soon be able to jump in as Kate Diaz, or Diaz, Diaz? I don't know how they're Kate is spelled the unique way, so I'm not sure what they're trying to do here, but a character uh, to take on the horde in Gears 5, team up with friends to survive and explore the backyard of Grounded, attempt to escape a seemingly never-ending time loop in Deathloop, or experience life in an illustrated world with Pentiment. These four titles are just the start. We'll regularly add more hits and fan favorites to our extensive catalog of PC games. Boosteroid members will be able to access games purchased through 
Steam or the Epic Game Store for eligible titles to start with support for games purchased through the Microsoft Store coming soon. Uh, there's a little bit more in here. The moment builds on our recent announcement that PC games from Xbox are available to NVIDIA GeForce Now members because they did make a partnership with NVIDIA and is one of our many partnerships planned globally with a variety of cloud gaming providers, including Ubitus and Nware and EE in the future. We are committed to enabling players to stream games from Xbox Game Studios and Bethesda, as well as future Activision Blizzard PC games once the acquisition closes though through the cloud game gaming service of their choice. So that's the key parts of that one. We do have a thing here from Activision Blizzard. If you feel that you would like to join these companies and want to put in your resume or whatever else they require, you have some options. One, you can uh, apply for Activision Blizzard just together, or you can just apply for Activision, or you can just apply for Blizzard, or you can just apply for King. And uh, they're looking for students and graduates that are ready to do stuff. Um, there's a three-month training program for those who want to launch their career in the gaming industry. Um, interviewing with Activision Blizzard and all this stuff. There's a whole list of jobs in here in little boxes and how many openings there are for those specific jobs. And uh, you can do that if you want to. Everything I talk about, as always, will be in the show notes at ChatteredSoulStone.com. So if there's something you missed or something you wanted to hear again, or maybe you're playing a video game while you're listening to this, which is fair, you know, it makes sense. Um, you could go back to uh, ChatteredSoulStone.com, look at the latest uh, show and um, pick it out there yourself if you want to. And then there's something to me that seemed kind of off, not very nice. So I'm going to start with an article that's actually from February of 2023 because this kind of puts it in context. The article is titled, Gamers are fixing a video game, quote, taken over, end quote, by hackers. Activision's Black Ops 3 has serious vulnerabilities that have prompted two developers to fix the game on their own, written by Lorenzo Francesi uh, Biacare. I've got that right. A popular first-person shooter game has significant vulnerabilities that allow malicious hackers to take over other players' computers as long as they are in the same online match. The situation is so dire that some streamers have urged people not to play the game as they have declared it completely unplayable because hackers have, quote, taken over. I've been running into a lot of them. It's been like almost every single lobby, one streamer said in a video from six months ago. This is February. The vulnerabilities are in Call of Duty Black Ops 3, a game published by Activision. According to another streamer, quote, hackers have a tool that can reveal your IP address while playing the game. They can join your game. They can kick you from the game. They can corrupt your downloadable content. They can crash your game. They can do, f they can fucking do anything they want, he added. Released in 2015, Black Ops 3 still attracts more than 5,000 players a day, according to stats from the gaming platform Steam. Because of its age, patching the vulnerabilities does not appear to be a priority for the game's publisher, Activision, so two gamers turned hackers have taken it into their own hands to patch the game's vulnerabilities and make it safer to play. The game has become infested with hackers. This is a quote. There are tons of security vulnerabilities which have a severe impact. Maurice uh, Human H-E-U-M-A-N-N. -N. Uh, one of the two hackers behind the effort to fix the game told TechCrunch, where I'm reading this from, you can get hacked just by playing the game. Your data can be stolen and so much more. Human has, or Howman, maybe it's German, uh, has been reverse engineering Black Ops 2 since 2015. At the time, he and a friend were working on a, quote, client, essentially a modified, customized version of the game because they were, quote, young and dumb. He said they tweeted about their project and Activision 
television sent them a cease and desist letter, which totally frightened them and prompted them to stop working on the client. Now Human is trying again. And this time, at least so far, Activision doesn't seem to mind. He said he found two vulnerabilities in the game capable of remote code execution, or RCE, a type of flaw that allows malicious hackers to remotely run code on the target's device, effectively taking control of it, and reported them to Activision on May 14 and December 2, 2022. Activision acknowledged the first bug and awarded him a bug bounty for reporting it. In the case of the second bug, Human said he hadn't heard back yet. Goes on from here a little bit. Okay, so that's where this starts. Four days ago, PC Gamer posts this article titled, Activision nukes another Call of Duty fan project from Orbit. Quote, thank you for all your support over the years, written by Morgan Park. So here we are. It's a bad time to be a Call of Duty modder as Activision has cracked down on its second PC fan project in as many weeks following last week's shuttering of SM2, which I'll get to. Uh, The team behind popular COD modded client X-Labs has also closed its doors after receiving a cease and desist demand from Activision. Quote, and this is um, this was on Twitter, so I'll get to that. I think that's X-Labs. Yeah, I'll read you that part from its actual you know tweet. Um, and I'll come back to that one. So unlike SM2, which was an unreleased project that was aimed to make a dream Call of Duty, end quote, by combining elements of many games, X-Labs has already been around for years, running dedicated servers for modded versions of fan-favorite Call of Duties that Activision has long moved on from. Modern Warfare 2, 2009, Advanced Warfare, and Black Ops 3. As of today, the X-Labs website, Patreon, and Discord channel have all been deleted. The Modern Warfare 2 modded project IW4X was particularly popular among a small community of fans who missed the simpler days of COD. IW4X was essentially classic Modern Warfare 2 with some fun extras like a few imported weapons and maps from Call of Duty 4 and Black Ops 2. It was a no-holds-barred COD. Guns, perks, titles, camo, and emblems could be unlocked with a simple console command, and server owners could set special rules like no killstreaks. I wish I'd given it a go before before Activision came knocking, says the writer of this article. It's also worth noting that X-Labs was not distributing complete Call of Duty games. It was just a mod pack, meaning a normally installed version of the game was required for it to work. Y'all know what mod packs are. If you've ever seen anybody or have played yourself RimWorld, there's a lot of like mod packs people create and you can stick into your game and hope they work together nicely. That's probably about what they were doing. And then we have uh, PC Games N. So we have PC Gamer, and then we have PC Games N. And PC Games N has an article titled, Call of Duty Fan Game Shut Down by Activision Cease and Desist Order. And this is written by Ed Smith. Nine days ago, uh, Call of Duty fan game SM2 allowed players to use weapons, maps, and abilities from across several COD titles in one free-to-play FPS game originally based on the engine for the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Development of SM2 recently switched to the base game for COD Modern Warfare Remastered. Now, however, ahead of its planned release date, SM2 has been closed down by fo- uh, closed down following a cease and desist noted- notice issued by Activision. A, quote, modded Call of Duty client based on the Modern Warfare Remastered engine, end quote. SM2 mixed various uh, assets from the entire COD series into a single game, including guns, maps, and sounds. 
Initially, its developers stipulated that SM2 would require a legitimately owned copy of the original Modern Warfare 2 in order to play. Earlier this year, however, the game switched to the engine that powers the Call of Duty Modern Warfare remaster from 2016. Though SM2 was yet to release, an announcement from the game's creators now confirms that the development of the game will end and all, quote, operations, end quote, will be shut down following a cease and desist order from COD owner Activision. There's a tweet. I'll get you that tweet in just a bit. Uh, no further details on the closure have been offered by the SM2 team, though the game's official website now redirects to the statement regarding its permanent closure. PC Games N has contacted Activision Blizzard for comment and will update the story with any further information. Doesn't seem like they got any further information. So here's Axlabs on their Twitter account from May 2022. And they wrote this. Today we have received a cease and desist letter on behalf of Activision Publishing in relation to the X-Labs project. We are complying with this order and shutting down all operations permanently. Thank you for all your support over the years. And then we have one from SM2. Today, a team member received a cease and desist letter on behalf of Activision Publishing in relation to the SM2 project. We are complying with this order and shutting down all operations permanently. Thank you for all your support over the past two years. Those things sound very similar. So I'm thinking Activision not only gave them the cease and desist, both of these companies, but also said, here is what you will post on Twitter is what I think is happening. Now, we know for a fact that in the past... Uh, Bobby Kotick or Kodak, whichever that's, I can't even remember which one's true, but, um, had Fran, I don't remember, Townsend, Fran Townsend, I think it was, post something on her, uh, Twitter account that made her look really, really bad. And then it turned out later that he was the one that wrote it and made her put it there. It's just, so these things are very, you know, between these two companies that just got cease and desist letters, they, they feel very samey, like boilerplate. Activision wants you to post it this way, you know, and that kind of sucks overall, I think. I know you're running a risk if you're taking content from a large gaming company that eventually finds you and says, okay, you can't do this anymore and makes you write out a template, you know, on your Twitter account about it. You know, you run a risk when you try to do these things and... The good thing, like the thing that should have happened in an ideal world where Activision isn't as obnoxious as it has been for a while, as far as I know, um, they could have looked at this and said, you know, they really like that game. Maybe we should, you know, go into like patching it up a little bit and sending it out and, you know, making them pay for it again. <laughs> you know, I mean, it would be, it, it you know, like if you find, if, in my opinion, if you are other, pretty much any other gaming company other than Activision, you would look at that and be like, well, they really love this. Okay, so let's give them what they want. But no. Instead, they get cease and desist letters. So, yeah. I've got some Diablo 4 stuff, which is probably what we're all very anxious to get into soon. The Diablo account wrote this on their Twitter account. Hell is coming, 6623. Pre-purchase di hashtag Diablo 4 for up to four days early access. And specifically, followed up in that tweet is that you have to pre-purchase the Ultimate Edition for early access, which I did not do. I just got, like, the lowest one because I don't need everything. I just want to, like, slay some demons, okay? So that's fine by me. But if you want to have, you know, the extra couple days, hopefully you've pre-purchased the, like, bigger boxes or the Ultimate Edition box, it seems, is the one you have to have, just so you know. There's also a thing here with Steel Series. And it says, prepare for hell itself. And it's got a headset and a mouse 
and a uh, like a desk pad thing and an art artisan keycap, which is really interesting because it's got like this skull on the top with a circle around it and it's got little spikes coming out of the skull's head and little red eyes. One side has a demon horn and actually the other side does too. This might be a demon in general thing. And around it is like sort of a black lattice of misshaped proportions of different circles with red underneath it and you can like pop off one of your keyboards keycaps and buy this thing which costs I don't even know. Let's find out how much an artesian keycap sells for. Oh, you know, it's just $69.99. <laughs> and it's just one of 2,160 uniquely numbered keycaps. <laughs> okay, Steel Series, that's, yeah, you can't make enough money off your other stuff, you need this. Okay. But, like, they look cool. I don't particularly need them. Um, I'm pretty happy with the mice and headset and stuff that I'm using, but like, yeah, I'm not going to buy a keycap for like 70 bucks, you know what I mean? <laughs> there's also though, there's also these Diablo 4 thumbsticks, like for your console, you can stick them on top of it and like have these, it looks like the, um, it's not quite a pentagram, but it's that symbol you see, it's got Diablo 4 in the middle in this one and some little runes and things are on the outside. Uh, some of them are red and some of them are black. And the black ones are limited edition, it seems. So let's see how much, okay. Guess for yourself, and I'll give you a moment, how much the Diablo 4 thumbsticks cost. Okay, I'll give you a couple seconds here. All right, let's go look. Well, they're only $19.99, <laughs> but the keycap, that's gonna cost you 70 bucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is kind of egregious, actually. The Thumbstick Collector's Edition is the one with the black tops instead of the red tops. There's a box that comes with it. It's got some skulls on it and some rune-looking things, and it's... I don't know what it's actually made out of. It appears in their, um, their imagery here that it might be metal, but I think it's probably not metallic. It probably just looks like it, because why would you go through that effort? So, okay, guess for yourself how much the Thumbsticks Collector's Edition cost, okay? I'll give you a couple seconds here. All right, let's go find out. That one's $29.99. So it's basically the same thing with two different colors. That's what it is. And you get a shiny box with the, with the Collector's Edition one. Um, it's just a little weird. There's also some stuff in here that's a little bit... I don't know if it's exactly like what they're doing, like they're showing legendary loot and it is the keycap again that they very much want you to buy for $79. There's uh, equipment for the battles ahead and it is, it's a little box here and it's got these arms sticking out of it. One is holding a headset from SteelSeries. One has a controller and one has the mouse. It says Diablo 4 on the box. There's hands reaching up to it. I have no idea if this is supposed to be like a statue you can get or if this is just a fun way for them to show off their stuff they want you to buy. I'm not sure. But yeah, watch demons fall faster than ever with swift clicks from your Aerox 5 wireless or enhanced or enhance your gamepad experience with Control Freak with the K and an F put together. Uh, thumbsticks. Share the glory with friends using your Arctic... Arct Arctics, Arctics, I can't pronounce this, uh, Nova 7 Wireless, all on the Diablo-themed uh, Quick Heavy XXL. It's QCK and then Heavy and XXL. Is that what I'm looking at? I'm not really sure what this is. And then there's another thing. There's an in-game mount trophy that's included if you buy I'm not sure what. 
Adorn your steed with the Bound Faith cosmetic item created for this collaboration. Available with the Arctic Arctis Nova 7 Wireless, Aerox 5 Wireless, and Thumbsticks Collector's Edition. And it's called Bound Faith, and it is the symbol of Anarius, as far as I can tell, that's been strapped onto your horse by a cord. Okay. Supports all classes, so, you know, there's that. <laughs> Alrighty. So that's what uh, Steel Series has going on. I don't think I'll be picking up any of those because it's just not my thing, you know. And then we have the chairs. The chairs from Secret Lab, which were pretty interesting. They are essentially gamer chairs, if those of you aren't on social media and saw it or whatever. Um, there's two of them. One of them is dedicated to Inarius, and one of them is dedicated to Lilith. And I'll leave you to guess which one I picked, but I'll tell you later. Um, and they're, they're kind of neat. You, uh, we pre-ordered one um, for me, because the chair I'm using now is really old and starting to fall apart. I thought, you know what? Why not get one of these? So there's two choices here for you. One of them is describing the Inarius chair. It says, rejoice in your faith. Bask in the light of the high heavens with stark white secret lab, neo-hybrid leatherette, Anarius's brilliant wings wrap around the front of the secret lab Diablo IV Anarius edition, accented by gold and gray panels. And then we have the Lilith one. Be beautiful in sin. Bow to the image of Lilith, featuring intricate embroidery wrought in her likeness. The Secret Lab Diablo IV Lilith Edition is upholstered in supple Secret Lab neo-hybrid leatherette and finished with blood-red suede accents. <laughs> um, I mean, it's a good description. If you go to the website, which again, I'll link to it, you can see the art on the back of the chair on both of them. It's pretty good. I mean, I think it's cool. And then we've got Secret Lab Titan Evo, Emo Gave Evo, not Emo, sorry. Secret Lab Titan Evo Gaming Chair. Who will you fight for? You can choose the Anarius edition or you can choose the Lilith edition. And there's some features in here just about the functionality of the chair, basically. And you can shop now. So that's, that's them. Um, I don't remember what they cost. I don't think it was too much or we wouldn't have done it, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, so which one did I pick? I picked the Anaris one because I like the art a lot better than what was on the Lilith one. And it's not that I don't like Lilith. Lilith is pretty cool and evil and amazing on her own. Neither of these two characters are good individuals, so whatever. But to me, it seemed like the, the Lilith chair has a lot of red and black in it and her image is on the back of the chair. And I felt like it blended in too much to the black to really see this character in all her glory. The Anarius one is on a white background and it kind of looks like that statue with him, you know, being bound and his like wings kind of stretching out, that kind of thing. And that's really easy to see. And it's such, it's just such cool art. Like I don't have room for a statue, but I can have the artwork of it on the back of my chair when it arrives. I don't know exactly when it's coming. I don't know how many pieces it will be in, if it will be in one piece or several boxes coming. So we'll just see, you know, when Anarius arrives to bless my, you know, computer gaming, right? So <laughs> that's what I'm doing with that. There's a few other Diablo 4 things that you might want to know about. One of them is literally titled Diablo 4 launches soon. Here's what you need to know. Written on May 25th, of course, on the Blizzard website. I think by now we already know who the and what the player characters are and what choices you have to make with that and this sort of thing. So I'm going to skip ahead a bit. So maybe the most significant part that you want to know from this thing I'm reading to you, it's titled Global Early Access and Launch Schedule. This is what they wrote. Early access to Diablo 4 begins on June 1, 
at 4 p.m. PDT for anyone who pre-purchases a digital deluxe or ultimate edition before our official launch. See when you can begin your journey. Reference the uh, to see when you can reference the below early access map for region specific times and dates. So this is the early access start times. There is a map on here. So June 1, 2023, it's going to start at 4 p.m. PDT in Irvine, which means California-ish area. Um, I mean, that's in California. And then there's another dot uh, for New York, 7 p.m. EDT. And then in South America, they've tagged Sao Paulo, 8 p.m. BRT. Then there's like a you know, a dashed line separating these continents from the rest of the world so that they didn't have to like spin a globe, I suppose. Um, so that one in London is going to be 12 a.m. BST. Berlin is going to be 1 a.m. CEST. And Istanbul is going to be two, everybody's Istanbul, uh, 2 a.m. TRT. Seoul is going to be 8 a.m. KST. Sydney is going to have it at 9 a.m. Uh, AEST. And Auckland will have it at 11 a.m. NS. NZST. I am assuming these things are like where the main servers are for each of these. I guess. I don't know, but that's the timing of it. And then there's another map. There's a launch time one. The official launch for Diablo 4 begins on June 5th at 4 p.m. PDT. This is when owners of any edition of Diablo 4 could begin their journey. As with the early access map, reference below, reference the below launch map for region-specific times and dates, and it is the same. It's just on a different date. So if you have uh, pre-purchased the Digital Deluxe or the Ultimate Edition, you get to go first and go into the game. Uh, if you haven't, like me, <laughs> I just got the smallest one because that's all I need. Um, you, you wait a bit, and then you're in. It's great. Okay, so you can preload Diablo 4. Um, they have this very grayed out image here of like a church in the background and a mountain behind it. It's kind of um, it's kind of interesting on its own, but I, you know, whatever. <laughs> so um, it might be if I had to take a guess, the first uh, video that was released for Diablo 4 with the adventurers like going through like a, a church and going into the dungeon underneath it. It kind of looks like that might be where they're aiming for that one. Okay, so here's what you need to do. Prepare for your descent into hell by preloading Diablo 4 early. Below you will find instructions on how to install the game beginning on May 30 at 4 p.m. PDT for Windows, PC, Xbox, and PlayStation. Purchase of any edition of Diablo 4 is required to preload. So if you are playing on Windows PC, here's how it works for you. Launch the Battle.net client. If Diablo 4 is not already in your favorites bar, you can add it by clicking the plus icon. Alternatively, you can find Diablo 4 by accessing the All Games page. You will see Diablo 4 at the top of the list. Once you get to the Diablo 4 game page, click the drop-down menu under Game Version and select the Diablo 4 option. Click the blue button that says Install. The game will install, and once it's available, click Play to Launch. Prepare to become the Wanderer Sanctuary Needs. For Xbox, launch the Xbox Store and search for Diablo 4. Select Download. Prepare to slay Lilith's legions. PlayStation. Launch the PlayStation Store and search for Diablo, F Diablo 4. Select Download. Prepare to save sanctuary citizens from unspeakable darkness. <laughs> Someone was creative with those, you know? It sounds like there's a lot more steps for the PC than the Xbox or the PlayStation because those are just consoles and there they are. And then we have Twitch Drops. The these are not candy or special candy you can buy in certain states. Um, it's actually... Uh, 
you know, you go, well, I'll just read it to you and make it a little more clear. Traversing sanctuary is a treacherous experience rife with mind-shattering horrors and danger. From June 5th to July 2nd, keep your favorite Diablo 4 streamers company by watching them on Twitch as they persevere through Hell's aberrations. You'll earn new Twitch drops each week that will reward cosmetic items such as weapon recolors and backslot items the longer you watch. Gift two Twitch subscriptions to an eligible streamer's channel and you'll earn a, tr a new trusty steed the primal instinct mount to learn more about the exact rewards and eligibility there's a blog post for that which i'll get into in a minute or maybe i'll just do it now let's go see what this has to say it's probably a bunch of like legalese right earn the primal instinct mount uh, here's the Twitch drops. Okay, these are the things that actually show it a little bit more than that little blurb. So the Twitch drops have this. Week one, Twitch drops Rogue and Necromancer. And it's at, uh, starts at June, June 5th, 4 p.m., ends at June 11, midnight, basically. Watch at least three hours of eligible Diablo 4 content while this tw Twitch drop is active to earn the Ozerhand Backstabber Dagger and the Ozerhand Heart Piercer Sword. Weapon recolors for all your demon stabbing needs. Keep up your momentum for a total of six hours to earn the Matron Sigil Coffer for a rogue and Progenitor Favor Necromancer Back Trophy. So that's the first week. Week two, Twitch drops for Sorcerer. Starts at June 12, 12 a.m., goes through basically midnight, uh, June 18. Watch at least three hours, again, of eligible Diablo 4 content while this Twitch drop is active to earn the Ozerhand Spell Slinger Wand Weapon Recolor, perfect for lobbing powerful masses of magic at your foes. Keep your streak going by watching for a total of six hours to earn the Hellrune Tabernacle Back Trophy. It kind of looks like a shield, I think. Week three, Twitch drops Druid. Start time June 19, 12 a.m. and time June 25th, midnight. Uh, watch at least three hours, yada yada, to earn the Ozerhand Head Cleaver Weapon Recolor, the premier tool for beheading demons. Continue to watch for a total of six hours to earn the font of the Mother Back Trophy. So these things are back trophies with some of these things. The Necromancer appears to have four of them, <laughs> and everyone else seems to have two. Week four, Twitch drops Barbarian, time, uh, start time June 26, 12 a.m., and time July 2, midnight. Uh, watch the three hours thing uh, This while this Twitch drop is active. To earn the hefty Ozerhand Skull Crusher, keep up the stream viewing fun for a total of six hours to earn the Matriarch's Mantle Back Trophy. Oh, note. Please note that after watching any eligible streamer for three hours, you must claim the corresponding reward prior to gaining progress toward the next reward. So don't forget about it. You know, it'll probably appear somewhere on your Twitch channel um, to say, hey, you won the thing. And then you can like click on it and I guess it goes into the game. Now, if you do the support a streamer thing, it uh, says this from June 5, 4 p.m. PDT to July 2 basically midnight PDT. You can also show your support for eligible Diablo 4 creators by gifting their channel two Twitch subscriptions of any tier. Doing so will earn you the Rugged Primal Instinct mount as a reward. Okay, I'm a little confused by this, right? Um, I am supporting a streamer on Twitch uh, who doesn't play Diablo, then that's fine. I just... I just like what this guy does. Uh, various games, kind of a multi... you know, different game things. But in any case, um, he's not going to be doing this so i couldn't give him a second twitch subscription and honestly i don't know how you do that i mean i did one and it's i've just 
been letting it roll. And do they mean, <laughs> okay, do they mean go to your favorite Diablo streamer and support them by giving them not only one Twitch subscription, can you do two at once? Two subscriptions at once to one streamer? Like you have to give them two? I'm kind of confused by this, but maybe it'll make sense when I get closer to that. Uh, there's a list in this uh, this particular article that spun off of the one I jumped off of that will give you a ginormous list of all of the eligible Twitch channels that are going to be involved in this particular Twitch Drops thing. There are some questions in here, um, frequently asked questions. Do I need to own an edition of Diablo 4 to, re to receive the Twitch Drops? Short answer, no. How do I link my Battle.net and Twitch account? There's a description there. What devices can I use to earn and claim drops? You can earn and claim drops using your PC or Mac web browser or on the Twitch app for Android or iOS. Twitch apps on game consoles, smart TVs, and other TV apps do not support drops. Do I need to watch the same channel the entire time to earn my drops? No. You can earn progress toward a drop from watching any eligible Diablo 4 content creator on Twitch. You can, for example, watch half an hour on one channel, then switch to another channel without losing your progress. You cannot earn progress faster by watching more than one channel at a time because you know people are going to, like, you know, put all these browsers up and be like, I got them all. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think that's what would happen. But it doesn't happen that way. Will I receive my Twitch Drops rewards in-game automatically? No, you must claim the drop on the channel you're watching or in the Drops inventory menu on Twitch. Do Twitch Drops reward Drop rewards expire? Earned Twitch Drop rewards will expire seven days after they've been claimed if a Battle.net account has not been linked. As a streamer, how do I get Twitch Drops on my channel? And it explains that, what regions, it, sh it tells you. Um, yeah, and then how do I purchase a, a subscription on Twitch? There's descriptions for that. It's not that hard um, from memory. Once I have claimed my code from Twitch for the Primal Instinct mount, how do I redeem it in Battle.net? And there's a description for that. What should I do if I'm having a problem receiving my code on Twitch? Well... There's, there's descriptions there. This seems to be very useful, so I'm going to like hang on to that for a bit longer than I normally would. There's also um, community and player support. It's another very grayed out picture with the undead holding pikes and uh, possibly someone, you know, might be the necromancer in the background. It's kind of hard to tell. Uh, so this says, just as Lilith is determined to bring all of humanity under her control, we are hellbent on creating a seamless return to sanctuary for you. In the event you encounter any hellacious interruptions during early access or launch, please reach out to us through the Diablo 4 forums, Blizzard CS Twitter account, or the player support portal to mend any issue you're experiencing. So there's that. Got a couple more things here. This is, I think I've read this one before, but it's kind of still important. It's Combating Demons with Accessibility in Diablo 4 from May 18. Got a nice picture of a bunch of the character classes. Um, on June 6th, a new plane of hell will open, giving way to endless hours of demon slaying fun demon slaying fun in Diablo 4. The team saw this as an opportunity to improve the accessibility offerings within the game, and they took careful steps to ensure that every new feature added would break down barriers that kept players from playing, a flame that guided them all through development. So here's some of the things going on here. Let's see. So I'm just going to skip ahead a little bit. So they have dexterity assistance, which is button remapping. Okay, so you go into the controls and you find this um, and you can, you know, there's key bindings and there's a controller thing. This particular screenshot is highlighting the controller thing. 
Customization runs deep in Diablo 4 and controls are no exception. All of your inputs, whether a keyboard and mouse or controller is being used, you can, can be remapped to complement your preferences and capabilities. We want wanderers to feel comfortable and confident as they dispatch Hell's minions. So you can use um, the skill toggle and action wheel activation. By enabling this feature, you can transform the need to hold a button to cast a skill into a toggle. The same can be applied to choices on the action wheel as well. Certain skills, such as the Barbarian's Whirlwind require by default that the player press and hold a button. Skills of these types continue until their associated resource cost runs out or the button to cast them is released. We acknowledge that some players might have fatigue concerns and the requirement to hold the button might hamper their ability to enjoy the destruction they're causing. <laughs> Which is interesting because I'm definitely going to play a Barbarian. That's my thing. Uh, for the most part, I am playing a monk in Diablo 3 for totally different reasons, but... Um, Anyway, yeah, um, I have fibromyalgia. It can affect my hands very quickly when I'm playing video games. It's more comfortable for me if I'm playing with a controller than a keyboard. But yeah, if I'm going to do the whirlwind thing, it's probably going to hurt after a while. So I might not be able to do the whirlwind thing if, you know, if it seems like it's too much. And the neurological issue I have, it's fibromyalgia. I've said this before and it pops up whenever the hell it wants with no warning. So I could be put in the middle of like a mob of monsters and demons and have my hands go, Nope. <laughs> so <laughs> good thing. Good thing. They mentioned that with the whirlwind. So maybe I'll avoid it. Um, you can swap left and right sticks if you want to, uh, persist target lock. Demons seldom travel on their lonesome, often roaming sanctuary and threatening packs. Among the chaos of a skirmish, it can be difficult to hit your intended target with an attack. Enabling persist target lock will ensure your skills and weapons stay focused on an enemy instead of whiffing. I might use that, especially if my hands go out while I'm playing T4. Um, okay, text assistance, cinematic subtitles. There's like, like there's two screenshots here and it is apparently looking at a wall of bricks and the first one is incredibly shiny and it's got some text underneath it and the first line of text says shh quiet though my path is wrought with dot 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 the shh quiet and the the text below it is in white font so it's hard to see that first line. Now, if you go to the second one, a larger box appears with a black background and yellow text. And it says, man too, shh, quiet. And then man, though my path is wrought with. So it's like subtitles that you can see, you know, <laughs> which is really neat. Um, some of that, you know, it's probably good for really everyone. Um, but if you have, like, I think... If I'd played through whatever the heck this is, uh, whichever wall they're staring at that's all glowy, um, I probably would have missed the first line because it would be it would be above like the black part at the bottom. I would have probably missed it. Um, subtitles are enabled by default, but players can alter the font color, scaling, and even the text background opacity to suit their needs. So I think that's fantastic. There is a speech-to-text thing. There's a little video here about that. Using your device's microphone, our built-in speech-to-text software can transcribe what you say into the chat. In some game activities, like felling massive world bosses, benefit from a team of coordinated players. We want to equip everyone with the ability to join in on the conversation and strategy of reclaiming Sanctuary from hellish horrors. Now this, this is important for a number of reasons. There are going to be people with speech impediments playing this game. 
that probably don't want to be teased about it. There may be people who have diseases that have taken away their voice. So they'd have to like text something in and type it and then it could be read out as speech in whatever channel they're in for that. Um, there's going to be people that aren't really comfortable talking to strangers directly or they feel like they've their voice isn't adequate and they're afraid they're going to get picked on, something like that. There are people... Some people, not everyone, but there are some people who are autistic that don't necessarily want to use their voice in a game where they maybe don't know the players around them, uh, that kind of thing. Um, there's also people who are trans that might not want to use their voice in the game uh, itself because we know across the United States and probably UK and other places too, people who are trans are not being treated very well. So, you know, this speech to text thing is going to help so many people to like just play the game and not have to deal with harassment or to be overwhelmed with all the talking. So I think that's awesome. There's vision assistance as well. There's a font and cursor resizing so you can make they've got here like Path of Blood level 20 and there's a map. It's a dungeon and it's a world tier dungeon, world tier 1. And tiny little letters, it says Forbidden City, and it shows the little gating, you know, the little gate where the dungeon indicates this is where you go in. And then it says Slay the Enraged Sprites 3. Now, um, if you want to make it bigger, you can make it slightly bigger, or you can make it a lot bigger. It's still not big enough for people who have very low vision, but it might help just like, I don't know, if you didn't put your glasses on or something. But yeah, uh, I don't know how well that's going to work. There's not a video here for this one, but if there's an option to make it bigger, I mean, make it bigger if you need it. Do what you gotta do. Uh, the text displayed throughout the game can be changed between three different size options, small, medium, and large, all while maintaining the visual fidelity of the default menu. So they are a little bit larger, just a little. When you put them together, it's hard to tell, but then it's like, yeah, okay, that last one on the end's pretty big. I would hope it would go bigger for people with low vision, but that's just me. All right, so there's in-game gear audio cues. An audio cue will play when you hover your cursor over an item to help you locate it. Additionally, we now allow you to control which rarity of items play their audio cue upon being dropped. So if you wanted to only hear when legendary items drop to increase your farming efficiency, you can make that happen. We wanted to give players an additional channel of communication with which to intake gameplay-specific information. When gear drops from enemies, not the Twitch drops, by default, you will see the animation and a color signifying the rarity. This feature introduces the addition of sounds to ensure players of all abilities can locate their loot while simultaneously simultaneously calling demons. And there's a little video here. Um, gear that's on the ground also has ambient audio cues to alert players that not only are there items for them to collect, but also the rarity of the item. Like above, there's a video they're talking about with above. Players can decide which types of items and rarities play their cues. And so we've got uh, highlighting as well. You can highlight your character and NPCs are outlined by a different color. So I'm just going to read you a little bit of this. Uh, to increase readability, this feature can be enabled to have players, enemies, objects, and NPCs outlined by a personally selected color highlight. We felt that players should be able to quickly glance at the screen and instantly glean as much information as they can. This ensures that no matter how tense combat gets in Diablo 4, players can make best split-second split decision possible. And I used that in the um, open beta for sure, and I think in the, the, the first beta, I guess the closed beta, I don't know. Um, and it helped a lot. Lot. It helped a whole lot. There's like two images here of where you can see like a couple of, I think one's a skeleton and one's like a zombie and there's a player there and there's a shrine next to them. And 
the player kind of just fades into the ground a bit from you know, from where this character is standing and you can highlight it in whatever color you want and I picked like a green like a bright green and it really helped me find where the heck my character was and it worked so well in the Ashava fights in the server slam because I'm you know I didn't have any ranged weapons and so like most of the people I came in with did have some of that they were like sorcerers and you know necromancers where their skeletons are kind of ranged weapons and stuff like that and um so the only thing I could do was run underneath Ashava and start striking <laughs> And I could see my character doing that right through Ashava's body, which was really interesting because then you don't have to worry about, wait, am I in the range of their next, like, you know, AOE effect and, and all that? Um, and it worked pretty well. So I recommend that even if, you know, even if you see very, very well and even if you're used to, like, previous Diablo games where your character you know, sometimes gets lost in the mob or whatever, um, try it. It'll help you keep track of your character. There's a screen reader. That's awesome. Okay, here's what the screen reader does. Diablo 4 contains a built-in screen reader that and supports JAWS, NVDA, and other third-party screen reading software. With a robust world comes a lot of text. We wanted players with reduced vision to be able to jump right in and grasp an understanding of the gear that they are using, as well as options available to them in shops. Enabling this feature will allow players to have the text located on in-game menus read aloud to them. Plus, there's a suite of options that allow players to adjust the volume, speed, and type of voice that reads to them. That's amazing. I don't think I've heard of a video game that does this. This is really, really good with accessibility, and like that's going to help people with low vision. That's going to help people that are blind trying to play the game, I guess. Um, probably, you know? To have all this description read out to them, that's a, that's amazing. And you get to pick what kind of voice you want to hear it in. So you're not stuck with, like, you know, Siri or whatever, right? So um, that's amazing. I'm very impressed by that. There's that. They can You can send them feedback about this if you choose. There's uh, links in the article at the bottom of it. And uh, finally, we do have the Twitch Drops Earn the Primal Instinct mount, which I did talk about just a little bit ago. So I think I put that in twice accidentally. And that's pretty much what it is. That's pretty much what it is. So um, that's where I'm going to close out this show. I'll be happily awaiting my chair to arrive whenever it does. And don't forget that there will be Twitch Drops. And if you want some of that loot, no matter what character class you're playing, Go get them all. Just go get them all if you can and you have time for it because you might want to switch classes sometime and then, hey, there's this thing for it. Look at that. You know, just do it. It'll be fun. I've done some Twitch drops before in the past. Not often, but sometimes. And um, it's kind of fun. You get to watch like amazing streamers play the game that know what they're doing. And, you know, it's just fun. <laughs> and the streamers get a lot of attention because these people want all of these Twitch drops and, you know, they got to go somewhere to get it. So anyway, but yeah, I recommend looking at the list of eligible content creators that are doing this so that you got the best chance of getting the loot that you need. And that's where I'm going to end the show. You have been listening to episode 412 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. Missed an episode? You can find the show blog and listen to the show archives at www.shatteredsoulstone.com. Come join us in-game. Our in-game community and clan, both named Shattered Soulstone, are open to anyone who would like to join. You can also join us on Discord for the ultimate team and community-based experience. Find the Discord invitation link on our Twitter and Facebook page, as well as the Shattered Soulstone website. Thank you for listening.